Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension, a dimension of pressure, a dimension of coverage, a dimension of mind. You're moving into a land, two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man, of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Mike Gould. Uh-oh. Do we have problems off the bat, Mike? <laughs> no. Continue. Okay. So uh, you're again in the matchup zone, coming to you live every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. from the Phone Pack Studios. Already? We have a phone call already? Yes, we do. Oh, man. This show just started. <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're, we're coming in guns hot. We're, we are coming in guns a-blazing. Well, we we uh, wanted to talk a little bit about we wanted to start off talking a little bit about the uh, the Great Pumpkin Face Off. We have the Great Pumpkin Face Off coming up October twenty sixth, ladies and gentlemen. Get your save the date. You know how they say with uh, the weddings with weddings save the date because it's going to be a, a very fun evening. Right now, right now in Kevin's house, he has a, he's been hoarding pumpkin beers sent by local and breweries worldwide and uh kev how many do you still have all those left or how, how many oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we yeah. I, mean, I know today football was on so i didn't know if you were yeah right. it's it's uh it's one of those things where i'm i'm definitely i'm not hoarding them yeah but every single it, it's like i really am every single friday it seems that's when that's when a new company will ship another one out so i get real excited i come home friday and my and my mom watches my daughter yeah, yeah. so all of a sudden i walk in and it's like I, I see a box right there, and I'm like, is, is hot there, damn. Is there a better feeling, like, when you you get home and, like, then you know a, you're getting expecting a, something Getting from, a package? Yeah, from, like, UPS or FedEx, and it's there. Well, That's, like, the best feeling. Especially when it's uh, beer, when it's, like, a, a good good supply of beer. So we have a lot of breweries sending us uh, some beer. So we have uh, so we have Weyerbacher sent us stuff, uh Shipyard, Southern Tier, Elysian, or Elysian, uh a lot of good breweries. We have a few more who we're talking to, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. October 26th, we we will be uh, going live. We'll have and check our check us out on Twitter at the matchup zone at the match underscore up zone uh, all this week for updates because it should be a lot of fun. So it, we're 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 really excited, Mike. Yes, we are, Kev. It's going to be a great time. Uh, beer will be flowing. A good time will be had by all. We, you know, like you said, check us out. Check our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter for any updates. Uh, we're still trying to nail down a location. We have a couple in mind. Well, uh, that's that's the fun thing. Yep. We 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 had a place, and we were like, you know what? Let's as Mike and I usually do. Let's go bigger. So we kind of said, let's go bigger. So we had like a smaller venue. But we got to go bigger because, I mean, we've been telling people and it seems like the save the dates have gone out. And, you know, when you invite too many people to the wedding and now you're like, uh-oh, yep. we, we're, we're overbooked. So now we have to go to a bigger venue. We actually are ta- in talks right now with some place that would blow a lot of people's minds. And you will be the first to know out there. But uh, joining us right now on the, on the phone, head brewer of Southern Tier Brewery, Dustin Calling in, talking a little bit of a uh, pumpkin. Dustin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Dustin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. So, Dustin, yeah, we have this... there. I didn't mean to call <laughs> Oh, please. We have we have this great pumpkin face off. Uh, this is the first year for us doing it. It should be a lot of fun. We're really excited about it. Obviously, we got samples from Southern Tier. We got pumpkin. Tell us a little bit about pumpkin. Uh, pumpkin is our biggest seasonal by far. Uh, it's 
got pretty much a solid cult following uh, nationwide. Um, it's an imperial pumpkin beer. It's nine percent. Um, it targets more of the uh, the dessert kind of characteristics of pumpkin pie. That's what we were kind of going for. Um, but uh, it seemed to work out pretty well for us so far. Well, well, that's great because Dustin. I mean, Mike and I have talked. I'm a huge craft beer guy. I love it. I that's all I drink, and mainly because I'm seven feet tall. So if I'm going to drink, and I'm not drinking light beer because there's no it, there's no point. I, I get hungover before I get drunk. So I like right. to drink something with a little bite to it. And when I talk about pumpkin beer, that's what it that's what I feel like a pumpkin beer should be. It should taste like a pumpkin pie in my mouth, but I'm getting hammered at the same time. Well, I think that uh, that might be an attainable goal with pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, can you can you tell our listeners kind of what goes into brewing a beer? Um, you know, just kind of take us through the process, the whole process for those of us who don't know, uh, especially myself. <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, yeah. to say. What's that? Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to make fun of Mike. I'll do that for the rest of the 360 hours in the week. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's a pretty intricate process itself. Uh, most beers from the, the time that we would start brewing to the time it could even hit the shelf is uh, two weeks minimum. Um, but the brew day itself starts, you know, you're mashing uh, your, your grain and water and you make a, a wort, which is a really sugary liquid. Um, from that point, you uh, you add your hops uh, on the hot side is what we would call it. Um, you separate the grain from the wort. Add your hops, boil for typical boils an hour and a half. Um, add your hops at different phases based on what kind of characteristics you're trying to get out of it. And then uh, you somehow got to cool it down before you send it off to a fermenter so you don't kill the yeast. Uh, the yeast living organism, a couple of days, five to seven days of primary fermentation will create a whole bunch of alcohol. Uh, then we cold crash our, uh, our beers to let them cold age. Uh, for at least another five to, or I mean seven to ten days, anyways. Uh, filter it out, package it, and it's off to be sent out on the shelves. Now, now, Dustin, do you guys have like someone who like, I mean, t- like tested? I mean, how do you know it's exactly what you guys want? I mean, is there is there that kind of process as well? Uh yeah. Whenever we go into to whether it's making a new beer or just kind of keeping quality assurance checks on our current brands, uh, we all actually are part of a sensory panel at the brewery, um, and it's it's really difficult to drink beer at ten in the morning, and that's not that's, that's a joke. <laughs> uh, but you know we do different triangle tests and we check for off flavors and things like that, and we make sure that that things are are up to par and up to our standards. But when we do new beers, you know whether it's a spice beer like pumpkin or our Christmas offering, which is a two Xmas beer, um, you know we we know flavor profiles that we want to attain, and then kind of like a chef would with ingredients while cooking, you you know what characteristics different ingredients are going to give off and. And you kind of work uh, with a lot of math equations and things like that to, to get to what your final goal is going to be. Now, Dustin, you guys brew uh, a great variety of beers. Uh, I know there's there's such limited supply. How do you how do you go about that? Especially with pumpkin being one of the most popular pumpkin beers, one of the most popular season beers, seasonal beers out there. How do you go about making sure there's enough for for the the masses? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and with beers like pumpkin, you know, being our number one seasonal uh, and trying to figure out and make sure that we can brew everything that we need to brew for all of our markets and still maintain all of our other brands, we rely pretty heavily on what we call pre-orders from our distributors uh, nationwide. So accounts will go to the distributors in their area and say, okay, I'm expecting that I can move this much of this beer and uh, then we try to get those orders in ahead of time so that we can make sure that we get the right ingredients that we need, the different spices and the actual pumpkins and things like that. So uh, we rely on those to make sure that we can schedule out accordingly uh, to make enough beer and still keep up with the rest of our brands. That's a, that's a, that's awesome. I mean, there's just there's so much that goes into it, and, and people go to the store all the time and they just see it and grab it off the shelf. You don't realize how much goes into uh, the other end creating this and creating a business like Southern Tier where you, where you constantly have such a such a great variety of uh, of beers to choose from. Now, next Saturday, you guys are hosting, uh, you're having a little contest, a little Brewer for the Day contest. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Oh, the, the Brewer for a Day contest is actually a lot of fun. Started doing that a couple of years ago. And uh, it gives people a chance to, to come in and uh, brew a small batch. You know, it's a 30-barrel system is our pilot system, so that's about 60 kegs worth of beer that we do. Um, and it's very hands-on, you know. It's everything that we would do on a normal brew day, um, except for it's a little bit more fun uh, because we break it out. It's very educational, but uh, it's very hands-on, and there's definitely a lot of sensory and beer drinking going on during the day. Um, but it gives people a great behind-the-scenes, you know, idea of what it actually takes to, to brew beer on a scale like that uh, we brew. And uh, also a little bit of background about our, our company. I mean, we're a relatively small company of only about 45 people in rural southwestern New York State. So uh, it kind of opens up people's eyes anyways. That's so true, and and that's what we, we always find. When we look at some of these breweries, I feel like the best ones are the ones that are that are, that aren't that huge huge conglomerate. They're kind of small. That's that's what I like, especially for myself. I like those breweries that that are more in touch with the beer and they don't just mass produce it just to kind of just to kind of just put it. Don't really put their love and heart in, into it. It just becomes almost like a like McDonald's. I love the I love the small breweries now. Dustin, you guys also brew a uh, pumpkin stout called Warlock. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the, uh, the Warlock, it's new for us this year. Uh, it's part of our Blackwater series, which is our Imperial Stout series. And uh, it kind of just came from watching people in the pub uh, and out in the market and take our pumpkin and mix it with uh, our creme brulee stout was a big one that we see people mix it with, but any stout in general. And, uh, kind of introduces a, a little bit of a roasty coffee, chocolate kind of flavor to the pumpkin pie aspect of the pumpkin. So we decided to, to try and just go ahead and do that in-house and see if we can come up with a beer like that um, and have it ready to drink for people. And we, we gave it a shot this year, and I think we, we did all right with it. That's awesome. I'm sold. Uh, dark, dark beer and, and pumpkin beer, that's um, that's right up my alley. That sounds, that sounds awesome. Now, yeah. Dustin... We have, uh, you know, a few other breweries are, co- are coming in on this. I don't know if you guys have talked to other breweries, the other big pumpkin, Weyerbachers, uh, Shipyard, the guys that that make the other the other big pumpkin beers. Do you guys ever, do you ever talk to them kind of, or is it just completely, your, your guys are in-house and you're not really looking for advice? No, actually, I mean, that's one of the great things about the craft beer industry is it's all pretty open door. Um, I mean, those guys that you just mentioned, they're making some, some pretty killer pumpkin beers, and we all have something a little bit different to offer. You know, Weyerbacher's got, like, a lot more subtle characteristics that are great uh, for the fall. We went after the, the dessert aspect, you know, which is kind of independent of that. And we always try to, to feed off of each other and, and, and create a good product that we can all stand behind. And uh, But, you know, I mean, it's, it's friendly competition. There's definitely no closed doors or or a bad word said about anybody back and forth. You know, if we have something that we want to try that we know somebody else has done, it's not uncommon for us to, to call up the head brewer somewhere else and say, hey, you know, you guys played around with this, and, and they'll just open their books, you know. And we do the same thing for, for breweries, too. You know, we get a lot of guys calling and saying, hey, you've played around with this ingredient or this hop, and, you know, we'll we'll talk, you know, open-ended, you know, because we all want to help each other. We're, we're still a pretty small segment of the entire beer market as a whole, so... Now, Dustin, you said you know you guys don't really talk to you know don't don't really badmouth anyone, but you know the great pumpkin faceoffs coming up. You guys are going head to head. Any any friendly friendly words of uh, fighting words that you have for uh, the guys at Shipyard Weyerbach or uh, Alishan? Uh, I mean, those are all all some pretty solid breweries that we're we're going up against. So I mean, it's, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous. Uh, I know Wired Hunter gets into the same scenario that we do a lot of times uh, with this new thing called seasonal creep where we get blamed for releasing our fall beers too early. So, uh, <laughs> you know. But, Is there um, such a thing? What's that? Yeah, I, 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 honestly, if you release pumpkin year-round, you'd have one one satisfied customer. Release <laughs> Yeah. If you release it year-round, I would buy it year-round. It's, it's that good. I don't well, even Dr. know where to get, you know. Pumpkins year round. I guess you'd have to do a southern hemisphere harvest of pumpkins or something for New Zealand. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Dustin, we have the competition. Uh, we'll we'll keep keep you guys in touch. What's going on? And uh, we thank you so much for joining us tonight, talking a little bit about Southern Tier and the great brewery. And you guys do a great job over there. 
Hey, man, thanks for having me on. It's uh, definitely a pleasure. Thanks, thanks Dustin. Austin. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one, guys. You too. So joined by Dustin Head Brewer of Southern Tier. Uh, lots of fun talking to him. I'm, my mouth is watering right now. I, I, I don't know if you can. I, I don't know if you can if you can tell, but my mouth is watering. Pavlov's dog has nothing on me right now. <laughs> I swear to God, if so, Pavlov's dog, if all they have to do is just go, <laughs> like that's that's all it takes, and then my that's mouth it. starts drooling. That was awesome. That was uh, that was great. Just talking beer, just talking about the pumpkin, which is which is such a good beer. Uh, so excited for this for this contest. I mean, I'm giddy. I swear to God, Mike probably wants to shut off his phone because every there's always messages just like, "Dude, I got another one. I got here. I we, this is this is awesome. I'm so excited." Middle of the night, my yeah. phone's beeping. <laughs> I'm staring at I'm staring at the Southern Tier right now. <laughs> it's me just like kissing the beer, nuzzling it next to my neck. So not that weird, but you know we're 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 real excited for the uh, the Great Pumpkin Face Off, and uh, we we just can't couldn't be couldn't be happier with what's coming on. But uh, yeah, talking talking a little bit tonight, uh, talking a little sports tonight as well. Obviously, uh, we have a lot. We obviously we get carried away with the beer. I think it's it's my favorite. So also talking a little bit of sports tonight, Mike Peralta. Yep. And there's a great picture out there. Peralta comes back for the Tigers, gets the game-winning hit, game one. Right behind him is a drugfree.org advertisement. Is that just fate, or is that God's way of just saying, or like, screw you? No, I don't think it's fate or God's way of saying screw you. If it was, I think God would have made him strike out at that point. <laughs> um, but you know, you know what, Kev? I mean, we've talked about it before. These guys who've done the steroids... Um, it's really Major League Baseball's fault. You know, I mean, he served he served the suspension, and he's back, and he got a game winning hit. So I mean, he's he's you know abided by all the guidelines of the suspension. Uh, now I, I I'd feel a little differently if he if he appealed and he was still playing before the um you know before he got suspended because he was able to play because he'd appeal and he got a hit. I'd feel a little differently, but. You know, he followed all the guidelines. He came back and got a hit. I mean, it's the way it is. There's still guys. There's still guys doing steroids right now. Guys in the playoffs are probably taking performance enhancing drugs. I mean, it's, it's the way it is. It's the way it's going to be until there's stiffer, uh, stiffer rules and policies. Well, yeah, you're, you you hit it on the head. Stiffer rules and policies really is what it comes down to. Fifty games uh, for steroids. You have a guy who comes back playoff time can contribute he's going to get paid a lot of money this off season and meanwhile is it fair and you know there's the there's the guys who are on the cusp we we already talked about uh talked about the cusp guys and you know what baseball needs to you're right baseball needs to have a harder have a harder rule policy in regards to steroids look, like just, look suspend the guys for a year without pay exactly because that's the that's or, or the their thing. contract becomes or the or you get caught. You get caught using performance enhancing drugs. Your contract is uh, voided. Uh, is voided immediately. Well, that's, that's it. And you're right. That's what it should be, because that's what's going to keep it fair. You have all the unions and the lawyers getting involved. Push comes to shove. Cheating is cheating. You do it. You suffer the consequences. It's like any other aspect of life. If you cheat, if you steal, if you do something wrong, you suffer the consequences. But for steroids. It's like a slap on the wrist, or you go to timeout for five minutes when really you or, should be or, probably kicked out of the house. Or here's the other thing: let everybody do it. Well, you yeah, you you've yeah. mentioned that one before. You know, just I mean, make it legal, and everybody's on the same playing field. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But you have the choices to do it. Well, the problem so, is here's the thing, Kev. You need stiffer. You, you need stiffer testing. I mean, stiffer what? <laughs> This is, a, this is a family show, Kev. <laughs> is uh, it? <laughs> talking beer. Yeah, we just uh, talked beer. We can talk to a head brewer. Yeah. And we it's a family show. But Good night, kids. <laughs> but have, you know, have have drug tests once a month. Yeah. Once a month. Have a drug test. Well, and you're right. There, things need to be Things need to be done more. But also the thing is, Carlos Ruiz is suspended for Adderall. Like, at what point are these are these kind of like the drugs? 
that they're taking, at what point is it ridiculous? Like Adderall, I get it's for ADD. People right, but, have taken Adderall but, all the time. But did you go to the league first and say, listen, I have to, you know, so when you, when you yeah, go but, behind the league's back, it's like you're trying to cheat. Look, if you're taking Adderall, if you have ADHD, whatever, I'm mean, going to take Adderall. Tell, call, you know, contact the league and like, guys, listen, I have to, I have to take this drug due to my, due to, um, you know, health reasons and medicational reasons. Uh-huh. Um, do you, do you um, have a problem with it? Do you have a problem with it? And if not, I, I'm going to take it. If you do, then I'll have to find something else. Yeah. But when you go behind the back and then get caught using, then it looks like, then it looks like you know you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. What? What you did? It's interesting because there's a lot of catchers. The catchers seem to be the ones on the Adderall, and maybe it's because you have to think quickly, you have to think efficiently when you're behind the plate the entire for 162 games or 100 and what are they 130 how many how many catchers catchers, good catchers probably pitch yeah they're catching 130 games yeah they're sending out all the day games after night games yeah like that double header i couldn't imagine being a catcher i think i I wanted to be a catcher so bad in little league because they got to wear all the pads and it was like you always wanted to wear extra equipment but at the same time i couldn't imagine being a catcher well the knees man i mean well, now they have the things, the pads that go run along the back of the calves, and I think that helps preserve the knees. But, Kev, squat down, squat, get in a squat I can't. position. I'm for, just going to tell you right, right now, I can't. But even me, like even the squat down for five minutes and get up, and these guys are squatting down for two hours a, a night. Yeah. Almost every night. I I couldn't do it. Just getting up, getting down, getting up, getting down. I tried to get into a, I tried to get into a catcher stance <laughs> the one time to pick up a pen the other day. And I swear I thought I was out for I was like I, I, I it was a second and I could I couldn't pop I know, back up. I know. There's if, if someone stole on me they'd be safe. Yeah. And then how about this, Kev? I I dare you to be looking at right field receiving a ball and knowing there's a guy barreling down the third baseline while yeah. you're still looking at right field waiting for the ball to get to you. Yeah. You have to I be mean, a crazy nuts. kind of person to be a catcher. Yeah. You, it takes, foul it takes balls a special off, foul balls off your chin, foul balls off your off your groin well, region. Well, that's the, that's the funny thing about Ruiz is. Chooch kind of, you see him get blasted, his mask comes all undone, and he sits there, and he's, like, scouring. Like, he just has this angry look in his eye, like, I'm fine. Like, I just, he has he has something special. He's not normal. Yeah, but also, speaking of Chooch, the, his agent said the, the, Philly, the Phillies are way off on contract negotiations. That's now, a good start. Do, do you know how much he made this year? How much? He made $5 million this year. Yeah. Do you know how much the Phillies want to pay him next year? Six and a half. Seven. Really? He got he gets a pay raise. Yeah. And he had a so he had a decent second half, but he had an okay year. Yeah. He got a two million dollar pay raise, and his agent said they're way off. Uh, you know, very far apart. Well, right and that's the thing. What? How old is he? Thirty three. Thirty two. You never know with those. Thirty four. Six. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really. The, well, let me let me look it up. But I I, I I'm going to say he's got to be thirty two. I think he might be older than me. So I'm guessing I'm going to go thirty. Maybe I'm going to say 33. I'm going to say he's the same age as me. I'm going to say 32, but let me see. Here. But he, I mean, to be 33 and to want, and the, we've talked about that. How old you think he was? 33. He's 34. Son of a B. That's like an albatross hanging out. You, you can't give a contract. Like, what nah, is with that? Can't. Jimmy and Jimmy and Chucho always just saying, "Hey, I want this big time contract." Well, you're 90, and it's so funny uh, because I'll talk to my kids in school. And they'll be like, how old are you? And I'll say, 33. And they're, they're just like, well, you're so young. And I'll be like, yes, in retrospect of me living a long, prosperous life, hopefully uh, 33 is young. But in terms of an athlete, 33 is old. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's very old. It's I mean, ancient. You, you know, your prime is 26, 27, 28. In basketball, your prime's what, 24? Well, for yeah. the best players, LeBron gets better, obviously. But yeah, but like Kobe and Jordan, like Jordan's prime was like twenty, like when he was twenty eight. Twenty eight. You know, okay. he figured he was twenty eight in about ninety in ninety two with the dream team. Yeah, that's I true. I mean, no, that I mean, he was right in his that was right Free in his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, I guess different sports for for a football running back, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. You know, anything older than that. Um. Uh, you know, just, NFL quarterbacks. I mean, you look at what you look what Brady and uh, Brady and Manning are doing this year. Well, that the NFL quarterbacks, I think the age thing takes you a little further. I think you need to kind of have that to be a good quarterback. You need to have experience. Manning, Breeze, uh, Brady, they have that experience. They have that those years behind them. So 
I think that helps them tremendously, especially for a quarterback. You're not really mobile. Look at Vic. Vic is, is so mobile, but he's he's almost declining because he's not as quick as he once was, see, see, and he still can't read it as yeah. well as the guys like Peyton and, and see, see, the thing I heard, the thing I think that hurts Michael Vic and guys like Vic is you know you can get out of trouble with your legs, so are you really going through all your reads and you know with full intent of throwing the ball? I think they're kind of just, I think he's just kind of looking quickly, saying, "Okay, if it's not open right away, I'm gonna just take off." When you look at guys like Brady, Manning, Breeze, guys who the, you know Aikman, Marino, Montana, guys who were just kind of statues, when you look at those guys, those guys knew they couldn't run, so they said, "I have to make my reads quickly. This ball has to get out of my hands quickly because because you know if there's a linebacker coming at me, I ain't going anywhere." Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that hurts Vic. Um, you know, like you look at Foles today. Foles came in and did a, did a nice job today. He uh, threw for three touchdowns, ran for one, well, this is... didn't turn the ball over. The, the offense didn't skip a beat. And I think the linemen think, I think the, in the head of the linemen, they say, you know what? We have to protect a little bit harder here because Foles isn't Michael Vick and going to take off and, you know, and scramble and be able to get him out of trouble. So I think it plays a little bit in the offensive linemen's minds as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh you know, talking about a little bit about Foles Vic, the uh, the Foles Vic hype now is going to be even more because Foles had a good game uh, playing against a very playing, good defense. Yeah, playing Tampa Bay, defense. who's a good defense. So we talked about this last week. Chip Kelly comes out and says Vic is the starting quarterback. A lot of guys say that Vic is the starting quarterback because he was named the starting quarterback. You have to respect that. However, I mean, I've played professionally and you you well, you shouldn't you, there should be no locked in spot because when you're when your spot's locked in you shouldn't be sensitive anymore if you're not starting you need to work harder okay well let's let's say this kev next week eagles play the cowboys uh-huh. let's say for some reason Vic, let's say his hamstring heals and you know it feels better and, and practice he tweaks again he's out again next week uh-huh okay now let's say Foles has to play again now let's say Foles looks great last next week throws you know Throws for 300 yards, two touchdowns. Which he could versus which the Cowboys could, win a shootout. Two shoot touchdowns, out. and the Eagles win, um, you know, 30 to 24. Mm-hmm. I mean, going into the following week, how can you sit him when he's hot? I mean, I think you would have to. I think you, you would, would have, have to, to be your starting quarterback. Well, that's the thing. That's the embarrassing thing about saying, making those comments about saying, he's going to be my starting quarterback no matter what. I heard Brian Dawkins, Brian Westbrook saying the same thing, but other guys kind of said, listen. The best players will play. The best players will will get the get the get the game. I just don't think handing it over and saying just because I named you the starting quarterback in week one, you are guaranteed to be the starter, even though you got hurt. I mean, Kevin Cobb. It happened to Kevin. Look at it. It's like the reverse thing happened to Vic. Look, Kevin Cobb was the starter. Penciled in as the starter. This Andy Reid saying the same thing. Cobb gets hurt. Vic comes in, unbelievable. Now Cobb's playing right. in where. Flag football somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but it also happened to, um, you know, hey, look at uh, look at Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Yeah. Brady came in, and that was the end of Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Um, same thing happened with uh, uh, who was I just thinking of? It just happened with uh. Give me a team. No, I can't. I'm I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but you know, it ha- it happens all the time when guys get hurt. Uh, Alex, Alex Smith it happens with Alex Smith. Alex Smith gets yeah. hurt. Here comes Kaepernick. And Harbaugh makes a, a you know a bold move and going with Kaepernick and they go to, and they go to the uh, Super Bowl. Is Alex Smith going to take you to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? It'll be interesting uh, to see this year. Kansas City? Did they win today? Yes, they did. Jeez. Andy Reid has those people fired up in Kansas City. He really does. I mean, you you can't be. You have to be excited being a Kansas City fan. They're six and zero. Oh. That's unbelievable. They had two wins last year. Talk about what a turnaround. And you say coaches don't matter. Although getting Alex Smith definitely helped. But he also brought in the personnel. And the thing is, guys want to play for a guy like Andy Reid. Obviously, his time in Philadelphia war is welcome. But guys want to play for a guy like Andy Reid. So they see he's the coach. Suddenly, Kansas City is a hot spot. It's a place where guys want to go. But coaches do matter because you you look at the Seahawks this year. Um, you know, you look at the Seahawks this year. I'm uh, not Seahawks. The Saints and the Saints are performing very well. Um, you know, Peyton's back. 
they're five and zero. They're five and zero, and they're about to win tonight's game. They're going to be six and zero. So I guess coaching does matter. Yeah. Well, tonight the the uh, who we got playing tonight? Who is it? Who is playing tonight? Tonight is. Actually, let me look it up. I'll look it right now. Dallas, Dallas Washington. Washington. Wait, I'm I'm I haven't heard from Elwood yet. Oh, because they play tomorrow night. They play San Diego tomorrow night. I was like, where? What is going on? I haven't heard about Indianapolis yet. No, no word from Elwood, but it's because because uh, they play tomorrow night, and probably uh, in the next few minutes, I'll be we'll be getting a phone call. So, too bad we're not doing the shows Monday night anymore, Mike. That's it. That's it. We're on Sunday nights now. So, all I know is Elwood is just he may not sleep this week. No, he, he's, he's getting ready for next week's game. He, it's it's very true. Peyton versus Luck. Peyton versus Luck. So again, let's thank our sponsors since we haven't yet. The show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Also, buy Integrated Play. If you are an athlete looking to transition into a career, go see Renee Shaw. She is the best, 269 Seven six zero three eight five seven. Also, Cross River Realty. Uh, Cross River Realty specializes in off-campus housing at Temple University. Cross River Realty is also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out, CrossRiverRealty.com, or give them a call two six seven four six zero five seven three seven. Again, the call number tonight three four seven two one five eight one two six. Hit us up on Twitter at the match underscore upzone. And Facebook, the Matchup Zone. Again, we will be posting a lot of stuff this week uh, about the upcoming Great Pumpkin Face-Off. We're very excited. We have the beer. We have the we have the hosts. We have the judges. We could have an amazing, amazing place because we're trying to up it. We're trying to get somewhere a little bigger just because we're not going to be able to house what we're trying to throw this party that we're throwing based on the responses that we've gotten so far. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're going to keep on trying to nail down a spot. Uh, hopefully we should know in the next couple days, you know, when it's like it's Christmas and you're talking to your wife and you're just, you're so excited. You're saying she's just, you're kind of talking about Christmas presents and you, you, you almost want to tell her what you got her. Cause you're just sitting. I'm, I'm like that with the audience right now because I'm so, I'm so fired up for, for what we could be news we could be bringing you this week about uh, where we're going to have the great pumpkin face off. It will be awesome if that all comes to fruition, but uh, enough getting me all, all hot and bothered. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking here again tonight, phone pack studios here talking a little bit about the Eagles talking Vic Foles rivalry. Also talking a little bit about major league baseball and the steroids Peralta coming back and whether it's fair or not, Mike, Major League Baseball, and I'm going to say this, the Phillies aren't in it, so I don't care. Is that your consensus? Yeah, I haven't watched I haven't watched a pitch this year of the, of the, of the, world, of the playoffs. I'm the same way. I yeah, just don't when care. The, when the Phillies get knocked out, I don't care. I, I really don't. Um, now, now, let me ask you this. We have the, we have the picture yep. of us mm-hmm. celebrating in Center City. Yep. We have the picture with you holding the We One sign. Both you and I, you know, at the, you know, all excited, fired up, game game six in Philadelphia, so excited, and what if, what do you think? I, I guess, got fans from other teams are doing the same exact thing, but I I can't imagine that people in Kansas City didn't give a crap when the Phillies won the World Series. Their guys in Boston didn't care because they weren't playing the Yankees. Or the fans in New York didn't care because the Mets or Yankees weren't in it, into it. I can't imagine the greatest, one of the greatest moments of my life, and it's like half the country didn't even care. Yeah. Well, I think it's like that in every sport, Kev. I think when your team gets knocked out. Um, now, listen, if the Yankees are playing the um, – See, I think the Yankees kind of change everything because yeah. if the Yankees are playing, say, the Pirates this year, yeah, you have a, a ton of the country love the Pirates, and the rest, yeah. of the, I mean, a ton of the country loves the Yankees, and the rest hate the Yankees. So the they're going to be rooting for the underdog. Yeah, so you're just rooting for the underdog. Well, I think if you have uh, obviously Boston and Detroit are fighting fighting it out, I think, and it's gonna it, it should be. Who knows? Who, who's on the other side? Cardinals and, uh, and Dodgers. Cardinals and Dodgers. Like that's what I'm saying. Who cares? Yeah, I, I don't know. And you, I guess you know, Cardinals, Tigers. People would be excited for because it's a good matchup. Verlander. You know, you got 
Carpenter, you got Wainwright, you know, I don't even think Carpenter, you got Wainwright, you got uh, Berlander, you got Cabrera, Matt Holiday, Carlos Belter, you know, it's exciting, but at the same, I just don't care. Yeah, I could care. I couldn't care less. I'm not going to watch it, and I love baseball. I still would not watch that World Series just because I don't care. Because I just it's and like you said, if if the Yankees were in it, in it, I'd probably watch it because I don't like the Yankees. Right. If Boston makes it, see, I don't. I don't mind. Boston. I kind of. I wouldn't mind watching Boston here and there. Although you know what, Boston just you know what, Boston fans just. Uh... They, well, they, I feel like they bite off our style. Well, no, no they don't bite off our no, style. No, they but, bite off our style. You know, yeah, the Patriots win three Super Bowls. The Red Sox are winning World Series, couple yeah. World Series. The Celtics are winning championships. Like, the Bruins are. The Bruins are winning Stanley Cups. Right, enough with enough with Boston already. Yeah, I, I just, I just think it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I could. I feel like I can relate to Boston because I feel like the city. It's, it's similar to ours. They, they have a lot of similarities. That that they, we have the lovable for, losers, except they have, they we have, they championship. have championships, and we have uh, uh, we have hopes of winning uh, championships, hopes and dreams. That's it. We have a Liberty Bell. So um, yeah, this is a pretty good game going on. I'm watching the studio right behind. You can't see it because you're on the other side tonight. But yeah, it's uh, New England has the ball on about the 30 yard line. Hold on. Hold on. Yep. There we go. New England has the ball on the 30 yard line, uh, down by four. This is fourth down right here, about 24 seconds left. I Actually, it's on the 25-yard line. Brady drops back, give you the play-by-play. He's looking, he's looking, he fires. He has someone out in the flat, looks like Edelman. Is that a first down? That's a first down, 14 seconds. Now, the the the, the uh, Patriots lost a game last week like this, I believe, to Cincinnati. Um, they had the ball on the goal line, and Brady threw an interception. Ugh. Nothing better than Tom. Not, nothing better than seeing Tom Brady's Weasley face after throwing an interception. See, I like, like just crying. See, here's the thing, and this is why I Don't can kind of like Tom Brady. No, yeah, I do. But here's the thing: why I think I can relate to Boston. I I feel like if I uh, are you kidding me? Wow, I had to turn around on that one. I feel like I should. I want to take my entire microphone and move my, and move my seat if I wasn't so afraid of destroying the entire studio and causing the program to come crashing to a halt. Unbelievable. Wow, Brady does. See, here's what I like about Brady: is Brady, he's a winner, and you could tell. I was watching the game earlier. He gets sacked, and it's like he punched the football because he was so angry. Like offensive line, stop being idiots. Block. You know, you're supposed to do a job, and you didn't do it. I'm going to get on you for that. He's a good leader, and he wins. Look at that. He's he just won the game, and it's because he's calm under pressure. It's those kind of guys. If I ever moved. From Philadelphia, it would be I could only go to Boston or Chicago. That's the only pretty much two places I could go, because I feel like I would get a you know something that kind of simulates simulates uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't like Tom Brady. I don't like anything about him. Um, and I guess because he wins, you know. I I. I are you one of those guys who you're like he's good looking, he's got a hot wife? I'm like yes, I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm exactly that guy. Yes, um, give me give me Drew Brees with the thing on his face, um, a little more down to earth. Uh, but Tom Brady, I mean, how much of a good uh, how, how much of a good thinking you have with Tom Brady? I mean, Super Bowls, good you really guy, can't. Yeah, wife, I mean, millions. Well, of how dollars. much? How much? I just think about. And it it happens with everything, and you know, we'll, we're we're kind of we're gonna get into uh, this to have a little. NBA preview for the next next week, and then we'll have the great pumpkin face. I'll talk a little bit more NBA because it's coming up. Bless you. Thank you. Excuse we me. don't have that cough button. I should have seen it coming <laughs> and just muted you real right. quick. That's right. But uh, we <clears throat> that's the one thing that uh, in terms of Brady, I don't know. I just I just I'm I'm a fan of Brady. I think I I don't have anything really negative to say. Let, let about me ask you a question. I lost my train of thought. The sneeze threw yeah, me let, off. Let me ask you a question. Is is Eli Manning retires tonight. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. See, I I don't think so. No, there's no I mean, chance. Uh, you know, he's won he's two. He's won two Super Bowls. He's beat Tom Brady in both, which is pretty yeah, impressive. but but it's like he, he kind his of numbers, he, his numbers. They squeaked into they squeaked yeah, into the playoffs squeak, both years. Yeah, but squeak or not, you get in, you get in. But like, okay, so is Donovan Donovan McNabb a Hall of Famer if he wins one of those Super Bowls? Two of those Super Bowls. 
That's a great question. I think two Super Bowls. Yeah, it gets you. Two Super Bowls, and Donovan's stats are a lot better than Eli, and we're still on the fence about Donovan. Well, Eli, well, Eli just passed Troy Aikman, I think, in total yards. And Troy, I mean, his stats are pretty good. I think with, Aik, I think with Manning, is, have you ever seen a quarterback look so good that look so bad in, in terms well, of he's first a roller coaster. second half? Um, like Ben Roethlisberger, to me, is not a Hall of Famer. He has no. two Super Bowls, but in the one Super Bowl, he threw like three. He had like three passes. Yeah, Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer. Ben Roethlisberger is not. Roethlisberger's body of work just isn't good enough during the regular season, I feel like. Um, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger's body isn't that good during the offseason either. <laughs> but then you look at a guy, you know, but then you look at a guy like Super Bowls shouldn't count for ever. Like Trent Dilfer's not a Hall of Famer. No, and that's exactly what you can get into the discussion. Doug Williams isn't a Hall of Famer. No. There's because there's a Johnson. lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks who have won the big game a few times doesn't mean they're a Hall of Famer like like uh, so, Jeff Jeff Hostetler won a, a Super uh, Bowl like you know guys like Jeff that. Hostetler had a great mustache by the way great mustache I don't know yeah he but then I, you can look at guys like Dan Fouts and, and Dan Marino who never won anything but their yeah, numbers were just so good they're just so good that you have that, to put them in that you have to put them in um, I think it's Eli, it needs to be a combination Eli of both I will be a Hall of Famer and not if he's playing keeps playing like he is. If you you say he's retiring right now as a Hall of Famer. I say no. Give like, him a, like, give him a few more like, years. Like I, like, I maybe. Said, like I said last week, if it, the back of his shirt said Whedon, he would have been cut last week. <laughs> really? Well, that's the that's the whole thing. And Coughlin, if if Coughlin's name it didn't say Coughlin on the back of his uh, Giants rain jacket, he would probably be fired last week because. But he's won two Super Bowls, so he gets the benefit of the doubt. If you win Super Bowls, you get the benefit of the doubt. Doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer. Tom Coughlin's not a Hall of Fame coach. Yes, he is. Why? Because he won two Super Bowls? Again, sneaking into the Super yeah, Bowl. But, but eight and eight. But sneaking doesn't mean anything. Once you get there, can you lead the team? You look at a lot of the teams in baseball won the World Series recently. Guys are sneaking in wild cards or winning Super Bowl, uh, winning World Series. So they're sneaking in, too. But once you get there, you're making the right adjustments. All right, is Bill Belichick a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Okay. Well, Coughlin's beat Belichick, Belichick twice in the Super Bowl. That's not, that's okay, though, because we're not talking head-to-head. Bill, uh, Bill Belichick's body of work overall is much better than Tom Coughlin. I don't care. You know, and you have to because the Giants were never – the Giants were never what the Patriots were in terms of almost going through a season undefeated. They were never the juggernaut. The Giants were that team that. Right. Well, that well, that's why it's more impressive that they, they they're not that juggernaut, but yet they can get hot at the right time. Coughlin can pull the pull the right you know push the right buttons and they can win Super Bowls. Yeah, but how many? When you're talking about getting hot at the right time, how much of that is Coughlin and how much of it is your players? And I'll give wow. Eli credit, and and you have to give some of it to Luck too. Look at. Look, Look at the catch. Eli Manning overthrows David Tyree. Tyree. He somehow snags it and brings it in. Those are the kind of things that sometimes you get a little a little luck goes uh, a little luck goes a long way. If you Uh, are we gonna are we gonna hail to the Redskins here? Uh oh, Don from Fairfax joining us live on the matchup zone. Don, you got a big game tonight. You excited? Oh, I'm excited. I I got a case of pumpkin beer here. I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) If you're watching RG3, you better get two cases. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we thinking about the score on this one? Who who do you think is coming out on top here? Well, in my little thing I do, uh, Dallas is favored by five and a half. I I took the Cowboys, although as an Eagles fan, I would love to see the, uh, the Redskins somehow win this game. Oh, that kind of ties up the NFC East. Yeah. Right? I think the only one to the Giants, they lost, didn't they? The Giants lost Giants, on Thursday. Yeah, Giants lost on Thursday. They don't, right. play again until, they don't play again until next Monday. So they're like done. I think they play Cherry Hill East next. They play Cherry Hill East. They're in trouble with Glenn Foley's quarterback. Yeah, seriously. That's a, that's, a hot, but, that's a big time alum. I think Dave Allen's coaching that one. <laughs> But I, I'm with you guys. I think the Cowboys get it tonight. They're playing at home. Um, hopefully they'll show Tony Romo's girlfriend. It should be a good game. Yeah, yeah although uh, what you have to hope for, Don, is uh, Tony Romo maybe uh, had the game of his career last week. He's not going to duplicate that in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I just Everybody's saying that it's going to be a high-scoring game because of the, the weak defenses. But I don't know if either offense is really up for scoring high. 
but we'll see. It'll be interesting. And if the Redskins win it, they're kind of back in the mix, aren't they? On the for the uh, not the playoffs, but the, as far oh, as the conference well, they, goes. Yeah, the yeah. NFC East is so wide open right now that it's a it's a pretty much four pony race. Uh, is that that right? Four, five, four, four pony race. That's not four. Right. Yeah, yeah, four. It's pretty much a four pony race. Anyone can get hot. I mean, that, then this is what we were talking about with Eli. The NFC East hasn't been the strongest division in the past few years. Uh, it's not like the '90s. So it's a four four horse race where anyone RG three can suddenly come back. And that's that's the thing. RG three can turn it around. His knee could improve every single week, and by week nine, he could be on a roll, taken to the playoffs, and suddenly the Redskins are the team that look out for when in the beginning of the year everyone watched them just falter and said RG three is not the same player. Yeah, so if the Redskins win tonight, they'll have two wins. So that means yeah. they'll be what a two game out of first, right? Yeah. Which they'll be a game out of first place. Yeah, and, and the well, Cowboys, the I think, will be th- three and four if they lose. Yep, yep. The Cowboys are three and three. Is that what they are? Yeah, because the Redskins had a bye last week. So, I mean, you know, this this division's wide open. This might be the worst division in the history of football. It makes it interesting, though. It it it, it definitely keeps your interest as you're going through because you, you're you're just waiting for somebody to pull away and nobody ever does. Right. I mean, it's even like, the even the Giants. I mean, you know, they're bad. But honestly, they if they go on a little run, beat a couple of divisional opponents, they could be right back in this thing at zero and six. Yeah, I don't think the Giants are as bad as their record. I mean, it's like Pittsburgh; they finally won today. I think teams like that that have been around there, there's something missing, and and they have a tendency in the middle of the season, like the Redskins did last year, after they were they had three or four losses, and then they won a bunch. So I, I wouldn't close out that anybody. In particular, is out of the NFC East now. No. Yeah. You're right. Uh, it's ugly. It's it's, it's ugly. Yeah, it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, it, it's ugly theater, but it's fun to watch. Hey, definitely, I have a tip definitely. for you on the movies. Uh-oh. I know Mike's a big movie fan. Yeah, what do you got, Tom? Yeah. The movie Rush. Have you heard of that one? No. It's about the it? 1976 Formula One Grand Prix Oh, I know what you're talking about. I've seen previews. Oh, it's it, good. I saw it twice. Really? It, I, I I saw it with some guys from work last week, and then I took my lovely wife. But it, it was five dollars <laughs> on Saturday because it was the the first movie, and I figured for five bucks she won't kill me if she doesn't like it. But she enjoyed it because there's a story. It's about the competition and the interaction between two Formula One drivers that year. It was um, James Hunt from England and Nikki Lauda from Austria. And it, the contrast in style, personality, it, it just everything is there. They have a great mutual respect for each other as drivers, but they hate each other individually. And, and that, so it, I, I oh, wouldn't see it because of the, the car stuff, but uh, my wife liked it because there was actually a story that went with it. But it, it's very well done. The, the two guys that play uh, – James Hunt and Nicky Lauda actually look like those two guys. They have some flashbacks from the 70s, and the guys are remarkably similar in the way they look. And It's just a real good movie. That's awesome. Well, Don, if you like it, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, Mike will check it out in about 13 years when it comes. When, when, is that coming out on beta soon? <laughs> when you find it at a yard sale at your yeah. neighbor's house. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here it is. I finally get to see it. Oh, Rush. Uh, but anyway, I remember. It's a, it's a tip. I'm still getting around to watching Top Gun. I haven't seen Top Gun yet. <laughs> I have so the one. list for uh, Netflix. That's Mike and I are the only it. two left. That's, that's it. So, so we doing an NBA preview next week? We're doing a little bit of NBA yeah. preview. Uh, as we, we're we're, we're going to kind of preview the, uh, give us a little breakdown, and then we're going to be talking a little more NBA when it gets started. Uh, we're excited to get back into it. Basketball season firing back up. You know that's our cup of tea, so we'll we'll definitely be excited. We're still going to talk all sports, but Vegas had I saw a couple weeks ago. Vegas had the Sixers locked in for seven wins. That's a awesome. Weeks ago, yeah. Andrew Wiggins, seven. yeah, seven. That's hey, tank, that's hard to do. Tanking is where it's at right now with Andrew Wiggins, with Jabari Parker. That you you want to tank, yeah, to but, get those yeah, but picks. tanking doesn't guarantee that's the thing with, with yeah the lottery with the lottery because the Celtics tanked a few years ago and they they wound up getting this. Third pick, maybe so. Tanking doesn't guarantee you the the number one pick, but 
Uh, it helps to the have Wizards more. Wizards tank console. every year. They get like a top <laughs> three pick, and then the guy either gets injured or traded away, or he just flames out. Well, I think Gilbert Arenas is going to have a big bounce back here this year. <laughs> he, he's, he's coming back. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I, yeah, ever since he pulled that gun in the locker room, uh, I think he really gained the respect character. of the team at that point. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. Well, Don, thanks again for joining us tonight. Uh, Always a well, pleasure to talk with you guys. Have fun tonight. Drink your pumpkin beer and watch some RG3 Tony Romo action. Go Skins. All right, Don. <laughs> okay, guys. Later. See you, Don. Yeah, he's excited. He's got a big game tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, you're always excited for for the big football game. And, and, and Washington and Dallas are the true rivalry. Uh, us here in Philly think that the Cowboys fans – like. The cow, our, our hate for the Cowboys isn't reciprocated by the Cowboys fans. They hate the Redskins like we hate the Cowboys. Yeah. So this is their true rival. Um, but I, I think now, Kev, am I wrong in thinking that the Giants have taken over a little bit for the our hatred in terms of they're our biggest rival now as opposed to the Cowboys? Yeah, I would think so. Because the Cowboys honestly haven't been relevant for so long. Um with the Giants winning a couple couple Super Bowls recently, I, I just think that the Cowboys are kind of on the back burner now. They now they haven't won a playoff game since what '96 or something like that, so they haven't been too relevant. So especially with the younger generation now, people people who uh, you know their heyday was in the mid '90s. Obviously, they hate the Cowboys, which I guess my I guess that was my kind of heyday in the, in the '90s. But I don't know. I just feel like the Giants. I think I feel like kids now growing up will hate the Giants because of the Giants have been good recently. Yeah, and you're right. I think, uh, and I think a lot of a lot of it stems from the New York. You're right there. You're you're an hour and a half away. Yeah. It's a lot easier to hate someone so close than than hate someone from afar. So that's what that's at least my my viewpoint on it. Now, Mike, I'm noticing something. I noticed it earlier. Uh, we had talked. We had talked a little bit about it. Uh, we 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 talked a little off the air about it. We're going to bring it onto the air. We were thinking about doing a little uh, promo for cancer this this November. Not shaving, growing growing the beards out, maybe growing a little mustache action. What do you think? As you can see, that I've I have mine. Yeah. yeah. I just actually posted a Twitter or Twitter Instagram picture. I don't. We have an Instagram, the Matchup Zone. I posted a picture that's pretty much there's three pictures on there it's the beer and my beard beard beer and beards yeah i mean the thing the thing with me is now it's going to be a mustache right not a full beard no i'm thinking full beard oh boy because the thing with me I, mine doesn't connect and i look like an idiot it doesn't connect like wait a, so you want the mustache i'm honestly a mustache takes me very long i don't know my i i'm italian but like i don't grow my facial hair like it doesn't grow that great it's weird. I don't know. Well, I I feel like my beard. Like I've 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 gone with the beard before. I'm familiar with the beard. Uh, I was thinking of doing the doing the beards up just because we're both self respecting individuals. We both work in front of a lot of people. Keep yourself. <laughs> we both work in front of people. We both have to have a give a presentation of at least yeah. that we're not you know d bags that yeah. we're we're kind of normal. So if you have a beard, it's like okay, you're kind of still taken seriously. I mean, a mustache, I, it's like yeah. it's like, dude. I mean, you're closing in on the no fly zone right now. I really am closing in on the no fly zone, Mike. You know what's funny? I was at Target and I told my wife Sarah this, and she kind of looked at me funny and was just like, "I don't really know what you're talking about." There was a guy, and he had he was like all '80s dad. It wasn't his Halloween costume because you can tell when guys are just like that's how they are. Yeah. He had like the, the he was kind of that like dirty blonde hair. He had the he looked like Matthew McConaughey in uh, Days and Confused. Like that's the the same kind of bowl haircut with the no sideburns, the mustache, the the you know tight striped t shirt that wasn't in style for a long time, the faded jeans and like the white goofy sneakers. Like he was all eighties out, and he was, I mean, he had to be in his thirties forties. Yet he was walking around Target with a girl that looked like she was like in her teens, and they were kissing, and you know it was like a big, big whole ordeal. I was very disturbed by that, and that was the, that was the moment when I realized I don't think I want to grow a mustache, but more like a beard. 
Because yeah, I don't want to look like that. Look like the, the, the goofy porn. And like, yeah, porn people are going to think I'm a pedophile. And the, there's the whole, it just, it just gets into a, an ugly zone when you're out in public. So I feel like if I have a beard, people can be like, oh, that, there's a guy with a beard and he's tall. As opposed to, there's a guy with a... I think the beard will take some... Uh, trimming? No. Do you, do, you think the, do you think the beard would take a little bit away from you being seven feet? I'm hoping. I, I don't know. Beards, Dustin, Dustin Bedroy is on TV right now. I mean, there's a... That's there's, a beard right that's there. That's a beard. And, you know, I'm not doing... that. Uh, we There's this thing, it's called Movember. I did it a few years back and I grew a mustache, but I grew. I started growing it in November 1st, on November 1st. And by the by the end of and I kind of kept like I would just trim my beard so it was it, you could still see the darkness that way it wasn't like a shaved face and just a mustache so I kept that going but my mustache was pretty terrible and yeah. I just it looked stupid my and I was like my brother-in-law had handlebars last year really like he had to like and he would like wax them he bought them like mustache wax and would like like that's twirl pretty them cool up. yeah at the end yeah well that's the thing like the that's what I kind of want to do the matchup zone. Uh, we can kind of call it like the no shave zone. We we we're gonna do it for charity. We'll have uh, a whole website up because I did it for November before, and you you raise some good money. We're we're gonna do it. Donate a lot to cancer research or donate it all to cancer research. So that's what we're we're toying with the idea right now. I'm the I'm committed right now, as you can see by the mustache. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, maybe we can set up a whole Fran Dumpy like thing where we uh. We kind of, you know, come December first, we shave the beards off in a in a public display what, of what, affection. Yeah. When I see someone with a huge beard or like a big huge mustache, the Homeless? first thing that goes through my, through my mind is just it must smell like. Well, I really food have to get caught in like I don't know like you see the you see the mustache where it's hanging over like the lips. Like, yeah. Well, you have to. I think you really have to get to the shampoo. You need, you need to wash the hair and then you got to scruffy up the scruffy up the beard. I think that's that's really the key uh, in terms of of maintaining a proper beard. But at the same time, we got to look professional. So I'm not opposed to to trims and and keeping it keeping it neat. But there's got to be something there that shows that it's more than a five o'clock shadow. That's the rules. All right, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll uh, have a page up in a little bit. <clears throat> we'll. Ask our, our our listeners if they want to if they want to join in, get sponsors. We'll, we'll donate it all to the same charity. We'll have our website up. You can sponsor yourself on the website, donate the money to uh, Cancer Research, and uh, yeah, that should be fun. I, I think that's a good idea. I think it it's it to a good cause, and you know, you 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 grow a beard. And how often in your life are you going to get to grow a beard? Besides, you know, every November, if we keep doing this, so. It'll be interesting. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it it's for a good cause, and uh, I'm looking forward to shampooing itching, your beard, itching my face for the next uh, month straight. <laughs> and when I feel like the la- when we talked, I think this is two weeks I'm going on right now. I that's think two this, weeks. That's two weeks. Is that is it is that good or bad? Let me let me see. Get your head from around. two weeks. I feel like that's it's okay. It's not. It's nothing to write home about. No, right? I mean I wouldn't be bragging about that after two weeks. I mean you put a little milk on it. Put a little milk on it tonight. The cat will come like that right off. Oh, boy, knew that one was coming. That, that train's never late. That train really is never late. We'd like to thank our sponsors tonight. Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a phone call away. Eight 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 four five eight two nine two eight. Integrated Play and Renee Shaw. If you're an athlete looking to transition to a career, contact Renee, 269-760-3857. And finally, Cross River Realty. Cross River is a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University. Give them a call, 267-460-5737, or hit them up, crossriverrealty.com. Mike, great pumpkin face-off. Uh-oh. Great pumpkin face-off coming up in the future. Elwood, 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 you're going to have Elwood, to call, we'll next week. call next week. We're, we're closing out right now. Uh, we'll call next week or tweet at us. We'll, we'll respond uh, to talk about your Indianapolis Colts uh, Peyton, Manning, Peyton showdown. Manning showdown next week. Again, thanks, everyone. We'd like to thank Dustin from Southern Tier. We're very excited. Great pumpkin face-off. Check Twitter. Check your accounts. 
Uh, check your Twitter accounts. Check us out. Check and your local listings. Check your local listings, and we'll we'll tell you more about the Great Pumpkin Face Off this week. We look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, I got a million ways to get it. Shoes uh-huh. one. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. Uh-huh.